You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me, as always, are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And our talk today is on, well, buying into breed tendencies, I guess is the best way to put it. Kate, Kate had a good example because mm-hmm. she's got a terrier, so all terriers are crazy, right? All terriers are crazy. So I'm a member of a local terrier Facebook page. And one of the people had written in and said that she was very embarrassed. She regularly takes her dog for a walk in a certain park, and they go there to enjoy the peaceful tranquility of this waterfall. And every time somebody new with the dog arrives, her terrier goes crazy. So is, you know, anybody have any suggestions? And the first 32 replies were from other members of the Terrier Club going, it's a terrier. What do you expect? That's what it is. And I'm at home screaming at my computer going, it does not have to be that way. Didn't you well, time it? Well, you, you, I did. you but ran. I was like 50 on the list. So, oh, wow. you know. You ran wow. into it also at uh, one of the Jack Russell meetup groups, one yes. of the shows. There was a show, and it was the first time I was going to be introduced to my dog's breeder. So I was interested to go. And as we were walking through the grounds, and there was. Confirmation showing to the right and agility to the left. And, and barn hunt. And barn hunt. All the things that they were doing. And lots of RVs and pop-up tents. And lots and lots and lots of crates and exercise pins with shade cloth firmly bungeed down over the exercise pin. So the crazy terriers couldn't jump out. And well, it took me a minute to figure that out because I figured, oh, it's for shade. Right. And then I realized that these crates and these exercise pins were, 98% of them were, were shaking and rattling. And boing, 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 boing. Then, yeah. Jumping beans. My, my very own boy, his mother was in an exercise pen like that. And if you were looking at it from a side view level with the top of the exercise pen. I bet it looked like s- whack-a-mole. Exactly. <laughs> You can see her head coming up and pushing up on the shade cloth. And a friend's mom sat there for close to an hour, and she said she boinged the whole time. Just constant motion, just boing, boing, boing. And I was walking my boy, my my Jack Russell Terrier Quill, walking through the shade. And my friend that was walking with me said that later, later on she told me, someone had come up to her and tapped her on the shoulder and asked if I had drugged Quill. (laughs) <laughs> and she said, why would you think that? Well, he's not pulling on the leash. He's and not he's acting not, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not yeah. boinging everywhere. He's not acting like his mother. Oh, my God. He was walking nicely. And they were a little worried that there was something wrong with him. 
And now, when we got to the Terrier games, when we got to the lure coursing and the barn hunting and the tunnel and the go to ground, and I said, Quill, go for it, he turned into a terrier. And then I said, okay, come on over here. And I put his leash back on. I said, settle down. He turned into a well-behaved dog. And gee, isn't that the idea? And it was just (laughs) amazing. And there were no drugs involved. Yeah. And we see it with many breeds in our dog training classes. People bring a dog to class and they'll go, but he's a ABC dog. And all ABC dogs do this. Or he's such and such a dog. And they all do that. And... And yes, breeds and types of dogs have tendencies. Terriers, for the most part, were bred to hunt vermin. And to hunt vermin, you don't have to wait for your owner to say, oh, there's a rat, go get it. They hunt on their own. Other dogs were bred for other jobs. Patris and myself, we've got Australian Shepherds. They were bred to be a Western ranch dog. The English Shepherds were bred to be a versatile farm dog. And so they have those skills. But just because a breed is bred to have skills doesn't mean that you have to let that boil to excess without putting limits on it. Okay, the student with the basset hound who said, my dog can't heal with me because her nose is too important to her. She's a basset, you know. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And my response to her was, use her nose, use a really good treat, teach her to pay attention to you, teach her to do that watch me. And then let her sniff as a reward afterwards. And she went, oh, it just... And she tried it, and it worked. Yes, yes. And that little short-legged, wrinkly, long-eared puppy dog went, Yeah, Yeah, you're fun to look at and walk with. She didn't step on her ears so much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's true, because when she... She kept stepping on her ears. When her nose was on the ground sniffing, she stepped on her ears with just about every step. Yes, yes. So that's one nice thing about knowing your breed tendencies. Yes. Not guarantees, but tendencies, is can you then use them to your effect? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. My boy, Bones, who's... you. Regular listeners have heard about for the last three years, because he just turned three, loves to run. He loves and loves and loves and loves to run. So that makes an excellent reward. Of course, that means I have to work harder to control it, (laughs) which we're working on, but it makes an excellent reward. When I give him the chance to do that, he is just thrilled. He's absolutely thrilled. That is, he likes to do that more than even food treats. Mm -hmm. But so I can use that as a reward. He has to learn self-control so that he doesn't run all the time. If he was human, he'd be a long-distance marathon runner. Well, I don't know. He really likes those sprints. A sprinter hurdler. Yeah, he'd be a sprinter. Yes, Yes. you're right. Yeah, yeah. He'd actually probably be excellent at fly ball. Yeah. He'd be really good at fly ball. Except it involves a ball, and that's only an excuse to run. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Fly ball. Yeah. <laughs> and he would run the whole team. He would go back and forth five or six times. Right, and, right. You know, who yeah. needs a teammates? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so let's talk about some common breeds and the tendencies that we see or that the owners tell us about and some ideas to how to redirect the dog. Well, Pomeranians, I got three. There's spin and shout. Spin in circles, scream and shout. (laughs) But, you know, and they would. If I were to let them, they would. But when I come in the door, I always have treats in my pocket or somewhere. 
And it's like they'll spin once, like, oh, wait, I know what we're supposed to do. They stop and sit. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny when they all do it together. It looks like a spinning wheel. Like <laughs> a furry spinning wheel. Furry spinning like a fur everywhere. Okay, do they all go spin the same direction or just two no, go one? chaotic. Two goes one way, one goes the other. So it's, like, <laughs> it's pretty funny because they're all like the same color, too. But it drives... oh, that would have been one circle with one in the middle, one in in the outside. <laughs> <laughs> but at times, it, it, you know, I like you. I let it do it for a reward if they've done something good and they're excited. Then it's like, stop, sit. And they get rewarded for that. Like, engage your brain, think, slow down. So, if we're going to use use our own examples, Bashir and Cisco are Aussies. Australian shepherds are known for their barking, and Bashir and I have talked about it numerous times. So, at home, it's get a toy. Whether I'm coming home and he's been left at home and he's happy to see me, there won't be a bark out of Bones, the English shepherd. And Cisco is so-so sometimes. But Bashir, it's, oh, you're home. Bark, 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 you're home. Bark, 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 you're home. Bark, bark. So go get a toy. And now that he's 11 and a half, (laughs) he's very good about getting a toy and rarely needs a reminder. He will greet me at the door, and then it's like, okay, i got to get my toy. And he'll rummage through the toy box. Kate made a toy box that the dogs have to pull the toy out from the bottom. And sometimes it does come halfway across the room because he's chosen a toy that's kind of wedged in there. But anyway, he grabs the toy and he comes and greets me with the toy in his mouth. And that is absolutely fine. So with that, allowing him to express his happiness at me coming home. But I'm teaching an alternative behavior that at least muffles the active barking a little bit. Actually, it muffles it a lot. <laughs> There's still a little woo-woo, but it... Uh... I was just reminded, not not by sheer barking, but of one of my pet peeves, but people that let their dogs come running into my dog's face. Oh, yes. And the, the generalization here, but they're quite often goldens, mm. and to a lesser degree, but still up there, labs. And when I say... Please pull your dog. But they're like, oh, put golden, fill in breed of knit. Fill in breed of dog, usually golden. They're just so friendly. They have to say hi to everybody. So the idea that goldens are just the, uh, and there are a lot of very nice goldens, goldens but that doesn't. In, uh, labs or, or isn't the other joke, uh, you can have somebody break into your house and they'll show them where the silver is. Exactly. Right. And so that's a breed characteristic that's often true. But not all dogs are goldens. A lot of dogs don't like another dog charging into their face. Right. Most other dogs don't like... Most other dogs don't. To be that friendly and that... Well, I look at them as the happy town drunks. Yes. You know. Yeah, they don't mean anything, but they're still being rude. But the owner's explanation is I can't do anything about it because, because they're, they're golden. golden or, yeah. and that, that, no, that's not true either. Mm-mm. No, Your dog can throw sloppy kisses at me from a distance or throw them at my dog and wait to find out if we want to meet the town drunk mm-hmm. and not just barge in. Mm-hmm. So, yes, some breeds are more congenial to being in a group than others, but also be aware that other breeds and other people may not like that. I got an email today, as a matter of fact, from a gentleman with a nine-month-old German Shepherd, and this is their first German Shepherd. And a trainer told them that all German Shepherd, I don't think he said puppy, I think he said all German Shepherds, 
will jump on you. All German shepherds will use their mouth to grab your hand or arm. All German shepherds will jump on people who, who come to the house. And be careful because all German shepherds can bite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he emailed me because I've written a couple books on German shepherds. And he says, I need a second opinion. So my answer back was, and especially knowing we were going to record this podcast on this subject tonight, my answer back to him was, let me answer the last comment first. All German shepherds can bite. Sure. Every dog on the planet, even if he has no teeth, is capable of biting. Every human on the planet, even though we have teeth, omnivorous teeth, not, you know, predator teeth, we're capable of biting. How about that? Should your dog bite? Should you expect him to bite? Heavens no. And no, your dog doesn't have to jump on you. And no, he doesn't have to jump on your guests. And no, 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 no. Have higher expectations. Get a second opinion on training. Yeah. And then teach your dog where his limits are. What behaviors do you expect him to do? And don't assume that he, because he's a German Shepherd, that he will or will not do anything. I said, German Shepherds were my first breed. I've said that in my books. My German Shepherds weren't allowed to jump on me. They weren't allowed to jump on my guests. They were not allowed to use their mouth or their teeth on me. I expected them to be well-behaved. One of my German Shepherds was over 100 pounds. He had to be well-behaved. And uh, I said, so, no. Uh, As much as I hate to say the trainer was wrong, because every trainer has their own thing, get a second opinion on that trainer. We say it all the time. Take student dogs for demoing. Like Liz, my first breed was German Shepherd, so of course it was a German Shepherd in class. (laughs) Petra gravitates to it. (laughs) But you hear the same thing. These people say, oh, it's a German Shepherd. It'll jump, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, no, we know German Shepherds and what they can do. Let me show you what they're able to do. And there's so many times that people are like, wow, I didn't think my dog could do that. Where's your higher expectations for them? Mm -hmm. Knowing a breed tendency does not mean that it can't also learn. Right. I think they stop there. When we see people buying into those breed tendencies, and we see it on Facebook all the oh, time. Yeah. Well, my dog is such and such, so therefore he's going to steal food off the counter. Oh, no, he's not. I don't care what what he is or what breed he is or what mixture of breeds he is. Stealing things off the counter is dangerous. What well, if you know, they like to jump on things? So they're always jumping on tables and on the counters. Yeah. It's okay. It's their breed. No. And we had somebody come to class just a couple days ago. The dog stole a roast beef sandwich (laughs) off the counter. Her last piece of roast beef. Beef. She was so bummed. And it was like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You're going to teach that this week. Your homework is. You're going to teach that that is not allowed. Or that he's not allowed in the kitchen. Your choice. One of the two. But stealing food off the counter. What if that was a bag of chocolate kisses? Dark chocolate kisses. And if I remember Mm -hmm. right, she did mention he is very food hound or food motivated. Food is his life. Right. I don't care. Like she said, but that was my last roast beef sandwich for me for dinner and he ate it. Not allowed. Yeah. Not allowed. Uh-oh, Kate, Kate's pondering. Yeah. She gets this look at It's too bad this isn't TV. She gets this look on, on her face when you, she's about, she, hmm, the brain is going. All right, well, we need to take a break for our sponsors, so hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. Sit. Stay. 
It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. This is your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. Okay, Kate, go. <laughs> Taken to the nth degree, to the absurd degree. Okay. There we go. Because that happened. Uh-huh. Was the guy that came to class with his German Shepherd adolescent dog. Uh-huh. And I wandered over and said, oh, you're using German commands to teach. Uh-huh. And he said, well, yeah, he's a German Shepherd. I figured he'd understand them better. <laughs> And I just kept blinking at him, thinking, he's pulling my leg. But he was utterly serious. I missed that one. You missed that one? I missed that one. Oh my. I just was like, okay. I probably would have just died laughing. So, just laughing. a German... Shepherd only knows German commands. Only knows German commands, because that's intrinsic to the breed. Well, you and I would really have to work on our accents for Australian English. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just thinking. Put a shrimp on the barbie, mate. Um, work on that. But that is the, the idea that breed tendencies are set in stone. I mean, that was a bizarre set in stone. Yes, yes. Thought. Yes. Oh. And in 30 years, we've, I think we've only run into that. This once. Yeah. It's so cute. Uh, it was, uh, I probably told them it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I have, granted, I have told them, you know the bad guys understand that these dogs are taught German, right? And so some and some people have looked at... Movies, yeah, some people right? have looked at me like, what? Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dobermans and German Shepherds all in German. Well, that's not, I mean, but, you know, we've, we've had people from other countries, uh, the woman who was Dutch and so forth, wanting to speak their native language. Sure. Dog, and that yeah. was fine. Yeah. The yeah. guy who owned the Italian restaurant teaching his Rottweiler commands in Italian oh, dishes. dishes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's bizarre, but as long as he and the dog are communicating, fine. Yeah. But just the idea that he was intrinsically going to understand German. Yeah. Yeah, that was adorable. <laughs> but to a lesser degree, that is what some people believe. They yeah. believe that yes. heritage or the DNA is it. Right. And that's not even true. When I was a vet tech, probably when you were too, Liz, when we heard that a Cocker Spaniel was coming in for the first time, it was like, oh. They bite. They, they bite. Oh, well, yeah. as soon as they crossed the doorway, they'd start peeing. Yes. And then all the way into the examining room. room where they would then try to bite you. Yes. Or express their anal glands or take a dump. It was And just, then try to bite you. Uh, and But now that the breed is not as popular... It's gotten much they're better. They're recovering, and they're becoming the lovely little lowland hunting companion type that dog. That they were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Before people... Yeah. So, your DNA can shift. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about training, then. For a lot of these so-called breed tendencies, these behaviors, one of the things we talk about here at Kindred Spirits is teaching an alternative behavior. If your dog likes to jump, teach him to sit. And don't let him jump on you first. Teach him to sit first. If he's sitting, he's not jumping on you. Don't knee him in the chest. Don't step on his paws. Don't squeeze his front paws and and squeeze him hard. All of those things are teaching a negative, but they're not teaching the dog what to do. So we want to be proactive. If your dog likes to steal food off the kitchen counter, one, teach him a boundary that he's not allowed in the kitchen. Or... Teach him to sit when he comes in the kitchen. Don't let him have free run of the house when you're, you've got food on the counter. Let him have a leash. Tuck the leash into your pocket. Be proactive. We talked about barking when you come home. Teach your dog to get a toy. Mm-hmm. It is really fun when you can find whatever their breed tendencies. You consider them, and then you say, is it true for this dog? Right. And then you say, what does this dog right in front of me, what does he totally love? And then use that as a reward. So one of our trainers has a dog who loves to jump and could have become a problem jumper, but instead she taught her Boeing. Right. And I've done that with the previous Australian mm-hmm. Shepherd. So Boeing means jump in the air in front of me without touching me. And for mine, I kept about a 12-inch cushion. Her front paws had to be at least 12 inches away from me when she Boinged. Uh, if she was any closer, it would be too easy for her to touch me. And what I would do is I would have a treat in each hand, and then I would let her sniff those treats, and then I would take both hands and bring them up high quickly as I told her, boing! And when she followed the treats and jumped, she got the treats and praise, and then gradually worked it up so she was jumping higher and higher, which took up more energy. And then after about 10 or 12 jumps, she was going, oh, please, can I sit? Can I sit now? And then I would have her sit, and she'd get all the praise and petting in the world while she was sitting. So Boing let her use that energy that she had that she would have otherwise used jumping on me 
And it gave her an outlet for her excitement. Boing, boing. And, of course, while she's boinging, I'm cheering her on. Yeah, good girl. Boing, yeah, look at you. Boing, yeah. So she was getting praise and attention from me. And then when her energy level started to go down a little bit, and she was going, please, can I sit? Versus sit. Thank you, good girl to sit. And I think Melissa's doing it very similar. Very similar. What mm-hmm. she's doing is, if you sit, then you get to boing. And now sit again. And now you get to boing. So uh, boinging is something that a River really wants to do. So Melissa says, all right, sit for me, get petted, good. Now boing, boing, boing. Sure. The boing became the, the reward. For sitting. For sitting. Whereas I created the sit as the reward for boinging. <laughs> right. But they're all using what the dog thinks is a reward and using what that dog wants to do. Right. Ursa was jumping because she wanted my attention. Yeah. So when she boinged and didn't touch me, she didn't jump on me, she was boinging, she got attention. And then when she started to use up her energy and she was starting to get a little tired, then she really wanted to sit. And when she sat, then she got attention again. Figuring out what your puppy dog loves to do. I mean, it's nice that 85% of the dogs, maybe 90, are food motivated. Sure. And that is wonderful because that's an easy, quick treat to give. But there are some that aren't that motivated, so figure out what's something, or the dog is full at that moment. Squeaky toy, tennis ball, tug toy. uh, A chance to run for five pieces. Bones, a a chance to sprint. (laughs) If he can sprint for 100 yards and back, he's thrilled. That makes him really, really happy. (laughs) But I'm lucky because he is food motivated also. He likes toys. He loves to retrieve. So, And he loves my attention and praise. So lots of things can be rewards reward. for him. But that sprint is his biggest reward. Yeah. Now, I can't always do that. If we're out in public, I can't do that as a reward. So one of the other rewards have to do. Mm-hmm. Using the food with our client with the Basset Hound. Basset Hounds are usually really food motivated, and she was. And with a good treat, not necessarily a run-of-the-mill treat, but I told her to find a really smelly treat like swiss cheese or liver and that would get that nose up off the ground and of course we told her to do it you know 10 steps to start with okay confession time we were doing a photo shoot for one of your books and quill and i were supposed to be doing a really good heel oh yes (laughs) while jogging that was awesome while jogging while jogging yes (laughs) and it was a warm day and we'd already done lots of setups and my boy was tired Yes. And he was pretty much full of treats, and he'd had enough. And when I said, you know, heel, and started jogging, he was like, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to stare at your shoes. And, and I'm going to look really, and I'm going to look really miserable. Miserable the whole time. So I have to confess, in order to get the shot that we want, I happened upon a lizard. Who had been run over by a car. Dead lizard. And here in Southern California, in my backyard, that is one of his favorite pastimes, is to go searching (laughs) lizards in the backyard. So when he saw me pick up a lizard, and yes, for the sake of a photo shoot for Liz's book, I put the dead (laughs) lizard on my shoulder. (laughs) And Quilt did a wonderful watch, man. We got the shot, man. We got the shot. He zeroed in, and I I had his full attention. And if you go to my book, The Completed Eats Guide to Dog Training, (laughs) I I forget which uh, page it was on, but Kate and Quill are jogging, but don't look for the lizard. 
Melissa edited it out. Probably it out. <laughs> she yeah. photoshopped Did it she out. <laughs> I looked. Okay. <laughs> so find your dog's joy. I knew exactly what would, and there it was. It, it was. Yeah, it's not hard to find a squished lizard in my no. neighborhood. Here. They're all over the place. <laughs> so using what his ultimate joy was, because I had been bringing out better treats. Yeah. But by that time of the day, nah, he wasn't yeah. having it. So to wrap it up. Don't buy into the breed tendencies. You know, you hear them all the time. And not just the Terriers and not just the Basset Hounds or the German Shepherds or the Golden. Every breed, if you go up on online and see any of the chat groups or Facebook pages for a specific breed, you'll see it. Every breed or type of dog, working dog, sporting dog, Terrier, Sight Hounds. One of the big ones is Sight Hounds don't do obedience training. No, uh, don't sit. The greyhounds oh, don't sit. Oh, that's right. Greyhounds don't sit. Or lay down. Yes. I'm like, how do yeah. they sleep? We don't buy into any of that. Yes, a dog can have a breed tendency, but that doesn't mean he can't learn something else. That doesn't mean he can't be taught. That doesn't mean you can't motivate him, gain his cooperation. I think Te- teach all, him an alternative and behavior. With all three of us, when we do, and I see it because I do it, we all do it. If somebody says that to us in class, we mean that's a challenge. Yeah, exactly, it's a challenge. Really, let me borrow your dog. Let's go show you what you can do. It's a challenge. Like, they have what? just waved a big red flag in front right? of our faces. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We get this big old smile. <laughs> really? Somebody told you that? Okay. <laughs> yep. Let's see what we can do about that. So, don't buy into it. There are alternatives. There are ways to teach them. Just look at the behavior. What are you comfortable dealing with for the next 14 years? And teach an alternative behavior. It's really, it's not that hard. The reason that people do go for breeds is because they like a certain type. Sure. And that's great. But even if you do, you may not get exactly what you wanted in that individual dog. And you still end up loving them. I've had herding dogs for 30 years. Every individual dog is different. They all have certain traits in common. They oh, say so like herding. They they see a <laughs> sheep and they hurt. go, I know what that is. Yep. But yet at the same time, they're not allowed to herd my friend's children. Right. They're not allowed to bite me in the ankle right. or worship, bite me in the butt. If they're trying to get my attention, they're allowed to stare at me to get my attention, but they're not allowed to stare at me forever. Nor are they allowed to manipulate me by staring at me. So, you know, there are tendencies. I like herding dogs because they want to work for me. They're bright. I have to be smarter than they are, which means it's a challenge. They're up for anything. Whenever I want to do something, they're up for it. So I love those characteristics. But at the same time, I monitor, teach alternative behaviors for some of the ones that don't work well in my household. And part of the joy is getting to know your dog's individual personality. Yes. As I said, every one of those herding dogs was slightly different. And the three dogs I have today, each one is different. Cherish your puppy dogs for the individuals they are. How's that? Well said. Oh, my. (laughs) On that that note, we'll call it quits. (laughs) Bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. 
Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.